Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, stories of inspiring achievements and community contributions. Every week, we'll celebrate a winner or finalist from one of the awards programs that we run at Awards Australia, and we hope you'll be inspired. Together, with our corporate and not-for-profit partners, Awards Australia showcases ordinary people doing extraordinary things. If you enjoy hearing the stories of our inspirational Australians, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. A special shout out to the University of Adelaide who are holding their virtual open day on Sunday, August 16th. I've had the pleasure of working with the University of Adelaide for about seven years now, and their partnership with the Seven News Young Achiever Awards in South Australia has been running for 15 years. If you'd like to find out more about their virtual open day, which today's guest Louisa is a part of, then head to adelaide.edu.au. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, and uh, this week's Dose of Inspiration, we'll be talking to Louisa Panuccio. Hopefully I've got that pronunciation correct, uh, Louisa will definitely tell me in a minute. Louise is 24 and a project manager for major infrastructure projects in South Australia. She uses her position to be a role model for young girls and kids looking to pursue a career in STEM. Last year, Louise received a National Association of Women in Construction Graduate of the Year Award for her role in managing a complex program of works involving the construction of 20 civil projects across the Adelaide metropolitan area. As an ambassador for Engineers Without Borders Australia, Google and Children's University Australia, Louisa speaks regularly at schools, careers expos and industry events about her role as a STEM professional to address the negative stereotypes associated with STEM careers. And I know Louisa is working with the University of Adelaide with their virtual open day. So uh, welcome, Louisa. How are you going this morning? Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I'm good. And you actually pronounced my surname perfectly. So well done. Excellent. It's, uh, I don't have any Italian heritage, but maybe it's just I want it. <laughs> Italian heritage. I wish I, I did have some. But um, no, no, great, great job. A lot. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I've been following, I guess, your story a bit with the Seven News Young Achiever Awards for South Australia. Um, I'm pretty heavily involved with that program. And so, you know, when you came through as a nominee and then a finalist, and um, then when COVID situation came and we were in lockdown, you launched some STEM at home videos. Uh, and my little three-year-old was really enjoying them. And, you know, when we were searching for things to do to keep them uh, busy, that was really cool. And my nephew, who's five, he is a little STEM superstar. And he was so, yeah, he's loved them. They were following every episode. So I want to start with just asking you, you know, if you could just give us a little brief background. I know we covered some of that in the bio. Um, about why you're passionate about STEM. And I guess, you know, it can lead up to, telling us about why you decided to do those STEM at home videos as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I guess being a female in STEM and in particular in engineering, uh, you very quickly come to realise that you are in the minority. And that is something that I really would like to change. Um, I think there's been a lot of hurdles that I've had to overcome as being a female in STEM, in engineering and in construction. So I'm getting minority, minority, minority uh, as a female in those fields. And I don't want other females to have to experience that in the future. So if I think about 
having children one day and my daughter, I would want her to come into a field that has a 50-50 gender split and say that be construction. She doesn't have to, I guess, overcome some of the hurdles that I had to because there was a female on site and had certain comments made towards me. So I think um, a lot of people are working in the STEM field and trying to encourage STEM. And typically it seems to be happening at an older age, so in high school. But I actually think that's too late for the change in mindset. So a lot of research that I've read and uh, also from my own experiences working in schools, I've noticed that kids seem to get, and particularly females, off maths and science quite early. And then, you know, it's too late when you get to high school talking to them about it because you're not going to convince them to get back into it. Whereas, like you were mentioning with your children and your daughter who's three, getting her excited and passionate about science and maths from such a young age means that she's going to follow through with that. And she's always going to have that at the back of her mind. And then when she does get to high school when it comes to subject selection, well, she's probably going to be more likely to pick the maths and science subjects, which is then going to lead to a career in STEM. And then that works to fix that gender gap. So we get more of a 50-50 split in those fields. So I guess it's a long-term sort of plan in the sense that if I start with kids who are quite young, get them really passionate about maths and science, my hope is that they're going to then follow that through. And in the end, this industry is going to become more gender neutral and then girls aren't going to have to experience some of the things that I've had to experience and the hurdles that I've had to overcome being one of very few females in the industry that I'm in. Yeah, and that's, that is quite challenging in a way to think about. You might not see those, um, you know, the, the benefits or the, I guess, the fruits of your labour until down the track. But, um, yeah, definitely commend you on that because it's such a cool thing to do. Um, and I think it's something that people just didn't think about previously. I don't want to make excuses for people, but I'm so happy that people are thinking about it now and that they're putting their time into it. Yeah. I think it is something that potentially people have thought about, but I'm just not sure if they've gone about it the right way. So a few weeks ago, I spoke on a panel um, for Engineers Australia, and there was two other panellists on it who were a fair bit older than me. But it was quite interesting that they noted that the gender gap in, I guess, the maths and science subjects at university was the same for them as it is for me, as it was for me only a few years ago. Really? So obviously, yeah, and that's that really shocked me that they were saying, so I made a comment about in my first year maths subject, there was about 300 males and 30 females. That was engineering maths. So all the people who study engineering at the University of Adelaide do this subject, and that was about the breakdown. And the other two panellists, one was male, one was female, both admitted that while they were studying university, while they were studying engineering at university in different states, they had a very similar gender gap in their subjects and it just made me think well hang on we've probably got like 10 to 15 years between us then that we've been at university and it's the same problem now so something needs to change we're not doing it the right way we're not encouraging girls to pursue a career in STEM potentially the right way so I sort of thought we need to twist it up a little bit for sure that can actually make a difference yeah um and so you know can you tell me a little bit about those those videos, was it kind of just, I'm just going to do one and see where it goes? Or did you have kind of a bit of a strategy in mind with those STEM at home? That, you know, it's just a full series now. Yeah, um, I had absolutely no strategy whatsoever <laughs> when I started STEM at home. It actually was prompted by one of my cousins who was messaging me saying that her daughter and son were quite bored. And if I had any, I guess, experiments or anything, I could sort of recommend that they could do. 
And I remembered that I knew how to make a lava lamp, which sounds a bit strange because how do you just know how to make a lava lamp? But um, when I, going back to 2015, I interviewed for a job with Google and Engineers About Borders Australia. And as a part of that interview, I had to teach them how to make something. So I taught them how to make a lava lamp because I had briefly learned about it in chemistry when I was in high school. So that's sort of where it came from. So I thought, all right, lose lava lamps, first episode, easy. The intention was that it was for my cousins. I was always going to post it on YouTube and Instagram so it was easy for them to access as opposed to trying to send a massive video file to them. But I didn't think it would blow up as much as I guess it has, Mm. which led to, I guess, the subsequent four other episodes with other activities and now we've also got the spin-off series which is stem at home what do you do which gives kids a little bit of an insight into what stem professionals actually do so that first episode launched a few weeks ago and that was just um for international women in engineering day so just it was 22 really strong powerful females working and studying in engineering and just showcasing a little bit about them and then on Monday, I've got the next episode launching, which is called S is for Science, and we're going to be meeting some amazing people who work in the field of science. Yeah, awesome. And what was that like to, you know, arrange that? Because that's a different challenge going from just, you know, videoing your own thing to then coordinating 22 other people who have their own jobs, yeah. own things there. Well, doing. I think the thing that, that helped me the most is I'm very OCD. So when I got to the point where I was like, okay, I want to do a spin-off and I want to involve other people, I thought, make a plan. So at this point, I did make a plan. Uh, Write a really detailed email explaining, I guess, why I want to make these special editions, what I think the benefit will be for kids and what the steps are. So there was a series of questions that I asked all the different people I emailed to answer and then send back me a video. And I was blown away by the amount of responses I got. So for the female engineering edition, there was 22 different females who took part. Um, For the science one coming up, I've got about 16 um, females and males taking part and the other episodes, so there's one on technology and then an engineering one, which is about a a 50-50 gender split, so half male, half female. I've got about 50 people for that video. (laughs) So I'm doing a lot of editing and then I've got a maths one again, which heaps of people have volunteered to take part. So it's been amazing how passionate everyone is about getting involved in the cause. Oh, that's awesome, Louisa. That's so cool. Um, well, look, I've been ignoring my notes here. I want to just refer to them quickly. And um, <laughs> you touched on at the start that you are a finalist in the Seven Years Young Achiever Awards. Um, and you're actually in two categories. So the University of Adelaide STEM Award, very fitting, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and also the University Senior College Create Change Award. So, you know, that one's very fitting in terms of you know, your work about, um, as you mentioned, trying to uh, equalise that gender balance in STEM and, and specifically engineering your field. So what was it like, I guess, to, you know, if you can cast your mind back, because this is quite some time ago now, um, March, when the judging announcement was made, um, yeah, were you surprised? Were you, you know, um, I guess, what were you, you, you feeling when you heard that you were a finalist? I was blown away. I remember just being announced as a semi-finalist. I didn't think I would make it to that stage and I was so honoured and I thought, you know what, I'm a semi-finalist in two categories. I'm going to take that and I put that on my resume. I'm so excited. And then getting that 
subsequent announcement of being a finalist in two categories, I almost fell off my chair at work. And I think I started crying a little bit because I think when you're in the thick of, I guess, being involved in as many things as I like to be involved in, you start to, I don't know, you don't really think that you are that impressive. You just think, well, this is what I've always done. This is what I'm going to continue to do. And I think when you get recognised and, I guess, announced as a finalist in awards as amazing as the Young Achiever Awards, you start to think, hang on a second, maybe I am actually making a difference here and maybe all my hard work and all the nights I've stayed up really late writing emails and doing all this sort of thing and all the editing, it has actually been for something and it is making a difference and people are starting to notice it. And I think that feeling is just, it's a bit of a like, you sort of step out of your shoes for a second and you're like, wow, like, I'm making it, I'm making changes. So I think, yeah, that being a finalist in the create change category in particular was really amazing because I've had a bit of involvement in STEM and I have won a few awards in STEM. So in sort of that area, but the label of being a change maker or creating change is something that I'm really proud of. And yeah, I'm honored to be a finalist. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to hear that you were, um, you had those thoughts of actually, yeah, I am making an impact because you know, so often uh, as Australians, we all know about tall poppy syndrome and, you know, we're so quick to be self-deprecating and say, oh, nah, you know, I'm just doing my normal job or whatever. But it's okay to for us to say, yeah, we are, you know, I'm proud of my achievements. Um, and that's one thing we really yeah. try to emphasize with these awards, that it's okay to be really proud of your achievements and to, you know, to celebrate them, I think. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm very much looking excited to looking forward to celebrating when we get to the awards night, which I think is in October now. So, yeah, so we're fingers just, crossed that can go ahead. Yeah, exactly right. So we're just uh, getting ready to make some more announcements around that. So um, anyone listening that is uh, involved with the Young Achiever Awards in South Australia, yeah, definitely keep uh, tuned to their Facebook page and there'll be some announcements coming very soon. So, you know, we talked about you've been selected as a finalist. Um, do you think, and this is hard for you maybe to speculate on, but what do you think maybe the judges thought when when they were looking at your kind of application that made them think, yep, this is a finalist? Well, I think I tried to make it a little bit lighthearted and I put a few jokes in there as well. Um, I think I've thought about the fact that the judges would be reading heaps and heaps of nominations and pages and pages of writing. And I thought, let's change it up a little bit. Let's like write it as if I'm speaking directly to them and giving them an insight into my life and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, I think I made a joke about my, some of the experiences that I've had on site and that they haven't always been positive. But Mm. I then said, well, you know what? My glass is always half full of water, of course, because sites are alcohol three zones. So I just made like little jokes throughout the nomination that I, I thought was I thought were funny. I think I'm funny. Um, and I think it was things like that. I made it very personal. It wasn't more like, it wasn't really a scripted nomination. I think it was more, this is what I'm doing and this is genuinely why I'm doing it. And yeah, I think they could sort of see through that application, they could actually get to see who I am. And I also had a lot of links to videos and I had some snippets of my social media profile and how I'm using that to promote STEM. So I think it was a little bit different to maybe what they've seen before and that might have been a standout. Yeah, for sure. And this is turning into a great little how-to and uh, tips and tricks <laughs> on how to do your nomination, not just for 
the Young Achiever Awards or the Community Achievement Awards that, that we run at Awards Australia, but any awards program, I think that's great advice to, you don't have to necessarily write really formally and um, you know, use jargon. It's about, yeah, showing your authentic self, which you did, and your experiences, because you're right, the judges do read a lot of applications uh, and they have to consider them all. Um, and if something is speak, is, they're reading it like it's being, you know, written to them, you're right, that is a really effective way. Um, and as you said, the links and things like that, if you can attach um, extra stuff that provides, because a lot of awards programs, you know, ours included, you have to answer a bunch of set questions. And so then, you know, from your perspective, Louisa, it's hard for you to show personality or, you know, maybe your experiences by answering those set questions. They might not be um, specifically suited to what you're applying for. So it is a really good idea to show those extra links and those things that kind of get more of your message across. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So um, speaking of nominating, did you find it an easy process? And the reason I'm asking is uh, I also want to ask a double-edged question. Did, you know, would you encourage other people to nominate for awards like this or, or any awards really? Yeah, I didn't find it hard at all. Um, to be honest, I had been encouraged to apply a few years ago and I decided not to because, one, I thought I wasn't that impressive and, secondly, I was a bit worried about what the nomination process would entail and that it would take a lot of time. Um, and then I don't think it actually took that long thinking back. to it with, I think it was in early January now that I think of it that I actually did the process. And... It was, it was actually quite easy to do because all I had to do, yes, the questions were set, but all I had to do was explain what I was actually doing in my day-to-day -day life and why, I guess, I thought that was making a difference. And it sort of wrote itself in a sense because it's not hard to talk about something that you're passionate about. And like you said, I had the opportunity to show my personality through it as well and I had a bit of fun with it because I thought, okay, how can I show them what I'm actually doing when I've got these set questions? And I thought, oh, the attachments, I can make like hyperlinks in my PDF attachments and I can link them to all these different things, which, yes, you can't show in the written response, but you get the opportunity to provide, I think it's about 10 attachments in your application. And that's heaps to be able to show who you really are and your genuine self. So my advice would be definitely nominate. It's definitely one of the best things I've ever done. And also the exposure you get from being a finalist um, just on social media and on LinkedIn, it, it's amazing for your career and for your resume. And I remember saying that when I got selected as a semi-finalist, I thought, I'm putting this on my resume. That was the first thing I did. So it's definitely an achievement in itself to do the nomination and just get to the first stage. So I would highly recommend it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Louisa. So um, just changing the subject a little bit, uh, I touched on this earlier in the intro. You're headed to the University of Adelaide today. Yep. Can you tell us what you're, what you're doing, the, the uh, virtual open day? Yeah, no. So I guess COVID is changing things for everyone at the moment and we're having to change how we do everything. And But we're all in this together. So it's, everyone is being impacted by it. Uh, with the universities, obviously, they typically do an open day, which is such a great day because you get to go onto the campus and you get to see what it would be like to be a university student. Now, unfortunately, due to COVID and some of the restrictions in place, a lot of the universities around Australia can't do a physical open day this year. So they're moving towards a virtual open day. And, you know, technology, it's everything to us. We wouldn't be able to have this conversation right now without technology. So why not utilise it to show the university? And so 
So as a part of that, the Faculty of Sciences approached me and said they were quite interested in making some videos with some student testimonials because that is one of the best things about going to open days is you get to talk to the current students and learn about their experiences and what they've enjoyed about being on university and some of their highlights. So we sort of came up with a concept of a series of videos where I would be speaking to different students from different areas in the Faculty of Sciences um, and just asking like a series of informal questions and just getting to know them, getting to know a little bit about their degrees. So last week we filmed three of those episodes and it was actually really nice to be back on campus, uh, socially distancing, of course, to film the episodes. And then this afternoon we'll be filming a further three and I've actually learned heaps about science and well I know a bit about science because obviously I work in sort of that field and I'm passionate about STEM but my background is engineering so it's not necessarily purely science and so I've learned heaps about like genetics, ecology, uh, biomedical science. I feel like I could go do another degree now. They've inspired me to go back to uni to do a science degree but yeah it's been really great and the students have been really passionate about it and I can't wait for the finished product and for kids around South Australia and even Australia just to watch these videos and get to know a little bit about all these different degrees. Yeah, and that's the university, obviously, that, that you went to. So, you know, it's great yeah. to still be involved um, and have that link. You know, got multiple yeah. links to the boards as well. So yeah. I guess, um, you know, I'm not trying to give a plug to the University of Adelaide. They are responsible <laughs> for awards, but what made it special for you, you know, if you can cast your mind back to being a student? Oh, I loved going to university. And I remember before I started, a lot of people said to me, oh, at university, you're going to become a number amongst many. I never felt like that at the University of Adelaide. And again, I'm not trying to plug the University of Adelaide, but it is the uni that I went to. And from the get-go, I loved my experience. I had so many opportunities while at the university to travel and study abroad. So I went to India for a little bit and that was actually funded through the university wow. uh, through a scholarship. So that was amazing. Um, being able to undertake placements and also just the campus is beautiful. So the University of Adelaide has such mm -hmm. a beautiful campus. Um, it's also a really cool uni. So every year in Adelaide, we have a festival called the Fringe Festival and the University of Adelaide hosts the Royal Croquet Club, which is like this massive party as a part of the Fringe. And like my uni, the uni I went to hosts this party every year. And that's just such a cool thing. Like imagine going to a uni, which then on the weekends turns into a club. It's like, it's insane. Like, I, don't know, I can't speak highly enough about the University of Adelaide. It, it changed my life. It is the reason why I am where I am today. And the fact that I get to now go back to the campus and be involved with some of their projects still, just I'm so happy to do it because they gave me so many opportunities. So I have no issue giving back to them to help oh. them and future students. You're making me so nostalgic because as I said to you uh, before we started this interview, I'm an Adelaide boy living in Melbourne, you know, have been for the last 20 years now. It's kind of crazy to think about. But um, you know, I'm back in Adelaide all the time, seeing family and with the awards and things like that. Yeah, and Fringe, and the, you're right, the University of Adelaide, the, the campus there is so nice. We often host meetings there and because um, it's such a central location and easy to get. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, you're right, it is a lovely spot. So, you know, I always say to people, um, you know, hopefully for us Melbourne-based uh, people at the moment, we can travel again into Adelaide soon. Um, I always recommend people to go to Adelaide for a weekend or, or whatever. It's such a beautiful spot. Yeah, um, nicest city in the world, in my opinion. 
yeah, no, it is it is very good. Um, can't wait to get back there to, to finish off the Young Achiever Awards. Um, you know, speaking we're speaking of your early career at, in university and things like that. Um, are you working at the moment with your you know your civil engineering um, career as well? Yeah. Yeah, so I currently work for the Department of Planning, Transport and Infrastructure as a project manager, uh, and I'm currently managing the upgrade of several intersections in the Adelaide metropolitan area. So in my bio, you spoke a little bit about the fact that I won an award based on my work on 20 intersections. So that was what I was doing the past two years. Um, and then this year, I've sort of upped it a little bit, and I've got three pretty big ones that I'm managing. And yeah, they've been ama- it's been amazing. Uh, it's pretty cool to be in a project managing position quite young. So I am only 24 and I think that has been a hurdle in itself. Sometimes being asked, how old are you in meetings? Which now is, you're battling the, uh, you know, you mentioned about the gender um, balance and now yeah. as well from a, a young yeah. person. Is that tough sometimes? It is because people don't take you seriously. I think, Um, especially in construction which is already it's a male dominated field and there are and I don't want to say anything there's anything wrong with I guess the males that are in the field because 99% are great and 99% are so knowledgeable and have taught me so much so I've learned the most that I've learned on most jobs from the foreman on site like they've taught me everything and I've learned so many tips and tricks from them and I have so much respect from them uh, there, you always get, you know, that 1% that want to make a little sly comment or something along those lines of, well, how old are you? Or what do you know? You're a girl. And it's just, I guess, having to constantly sort of defend yourself. That's something that sometimes gets a little bit tiring. But at the same time, I'm happy to do it. I've got a pretty strong personality and I will put them back in their place because I do feel like I have the right to be where I am. I've worked really hard to get to this position at 24 I'm proud of myself for how hard I've worked to get here. And at the same time on the side, I know that I'm doing all this STEM stuff and that I'm potentially inspiring the future of this industry and a more gender neutral industry and that these girls aren't going to have to experience this. And that sort of makes me want to work harder on both sides of the spectrum just to, you know, defend myself, but then also defend the future for these girls and make sure that they know they have a right to be in this industry just as much as I do. So this is the Inspirational Australians podcast, of course. And to me, what you just said there is really like so honestly inspirational that, you know, you're out doing your day-to-day work, just like anyone in their job, and that you're carrying that, um, that, that those thoughts and those plans, not just for yourself, but for future generations. I think that at the crux is, uh, to me, why you're a finalist in the Create Change Award, because that's really inspiring. You know, some people go to work and they're just trying to get their hours done and you're like this huge kind of ambition and I think it's yeah it really should be applauded Louisa oh, thank you so much no I think well how can you how can you experience something that you I guess don't like and then not want to change it and yeah. I think if you experience something bad well something even worse than that would be knowing that someone else is going to experience that as well because you didn't say anything or you didn't do anything to change it so I think that's my driving force behind it is change and it is making sure that no one else has to experience some of the things that I've experienced some of the things that other girls in the industry have to experience because we are a minority because we're a minority we're a novelty so it's just getting rid of that and just making it a fair playing field no matter what gender you are yeah no that's it is courageous though honestly it really is yeah. um 
you know, one of the questions that we've I've got on my list here, I think we've covered it really well, is what hurdles do you have to overcome? Um, and, you know, it's right there, there's so many that you have to, you know, I'm assuming every job site you go on, you're encountering those things. Like you said, though, and I think that is really important to acknowledge that there's so many great people in the industry. Um, you know, I'm, that was really cool to hear, I guess. Yeah. As well. No, it's definitely... Yeah, it's definitely not everyone. And I think that's, there's like two things at play. It's people like maybe younger girls or girls going into the industry a bit scared to work in construction because they might think that they're going to encounter it everywhere. And you definitely don't encounter it everywhere. And there are so many amazing males in the field who are so supportive of females being there and will stand up for the females as well. Um, There's obviously, you know, you always get the occasional bad egg, but it is what it is. You can't let it get you down. Um, and, yeah, so I know that there has been hurdles for me on site with comments being made and even not even on site in meetings and all sort of things based on my age and my gender. Um, but I'm not going to stand here and say that I've always had to defend myself because there have been numerous times where my male counterpart on, field, on, on site will stand up for me and that's really encouraging because to me it means that they – they know I deserve to be here as well and they're happy to have me and that we are a team and teamwork makes the dream work. That's my favourite saying on site. So, no, it's it's just about balance and balancing sort of everything that's at play when you are in a con- on a construction site, which is already a high-stress, high-intensity site. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, you're early in your career, but I guess if you could rewind a little bit, and tell young Louisa, um, you know, whether you're maybe just graduating or close to graduating, if you could impart some wisdom to yourself, um, you know, as you're about to start in your career, what kind of, what would you wish you knew then? I think um, back quite early on, I wasn't as open to opportunities. And then someone said to me, never say no to an opportunity because you don't know what you're going to miss out on. And I think if I think back early on, I probably, I don't think me three years ago or four years ago would have started STEM at home because I think I would have been too scared um, of what people would have thought and um, basing what I was doing more on the opinions of others as opposed to the opinion of myself. Uh, So that would be my biggest advice to young Louisa is do what you want to do and never say no to an opportunity because you never know where it's going to take you. So an example of that would be a few years prior to applying for the awards this year, I was asked or encouraged to apply um, by someone at the University of Adelaide. They said, oh, there's this award. Uh, The university actually sponsors it. It's about STEM. You'd be great for it. You should apply. And I remember shutting myself down thinking, no, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. And just getting so inside my own head. Whereas this year when... I saw the awards um, actually pop up on LinkedIn. I thought, you know what? I'm going to apply for them. Like, I think I can do it. And if if I don't get it, I don't get it. But at least I know I'll try it and I didn't say no to the opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's really um, important to highlight as well is that the nominations for the awards, we encourage young people to apply. And sometimes they say, oh, but, um, you know, I don't want to just apply. It doesn't someone have to nominate me. We said, no, do you let someone apply for your job? No way. You, you take into your own hands. This is your career. This is your future. You've got an important message to share. Um, you apply. And then we, we get people involved in the process to, to lend their 
um, credentials and to lend their support to you. And you have referees who come in and they might write a letter of support. Um, you know, they might you might link something to um, a review they've given your work and things like that. That's how we um, really encourage people to get the support around their their nomination. But it's so important that we change that perception that you have to wait for someone else to, you know, to, to congratulate you or pat you on the back. Sometimes you just have to go out and, um, and you know, and as you said, back yourself and say, yeah, I am yeah. going to do this. Um, and what's the worst that can happen is, uh, you know, you lose a little bit of time, but there's so many great things that could happen from it. Yeah. And also you learn some new skills through doing an application as well. And like you sort of said, you wouldn't let someone else, you wouldn't ask someone else to apply for a job for you. You typically have to do that yourself. And when you are applying for awards, whether it be the Young Achiever Awards or any awards, actually, you fill out an application and it's pretty similar to, I guess, writing a cover letter for a job. So it's good experience in itself, just yeah. doing the process. And um, for anyone who's been involved with the awards, you know, if they have been nominated by someone, we actually always encourage them to get the nominated person involved in the process, get them answering the question. Yeah. Um, because it's always going to be a better application because they can talk about their achievements or their work a lot better themselves than what someone else could. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, what you said before about that quote of, um, maybe not so much a quote, but about saying yes to opportunities, now it's really clear to me why you have done so much and you've been involved with so many different things because you don't say no to things, obviously. Um, Keep saying yes. (laughs) Even this. I know uh, I can share with people that um, you, you told me just before that you basically did all this extra work yesterday and you know cleared your schedule so you could do it. And here I was just thinking, oh yeah, Louisa happens to be free, <laughs> but it was uh, very intentional that you were free this morning. So thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it, Louisa. Um, and I think you know before we kind of wrap up, I just wanted to ask you if there was any other you know last message or, or I guess anything you wanted to share with um with people listening. Well, I think anyone listening who is considering applying for the Young Achiever Awards or any award, um, I just want to really reiterate, do it. Don't put, don't get in your own head. Just do it. You can think about it after you've submitted the application. And if you want to regret it, which I doubt you will, do it after you've done it. Because like I sort of said, always say yes to opportunities. It might mean that you have to or you're a little bit time poor at times. But then in the end, you know, the rewards you're going to get from just putting a little bit of time into things, you can't even imagine. Like, I think with STEM at Home, when I started it, like I sort of said, it was it was for my cousins and I didn't really think much of it. And it took a fair amount of time to get that first video up because I had no editing skills whatsoever. And I was like, what am I doing? I was watching YouTube videos, trying to learn how to edit. And it took so much time to edit a five or six minute video it probably took about six hours because it was the first time I'd ever done it but now I know how to edit videos and I'm making my videos in less than an hour in terms of the editing because I'm so fast at it because I've learned a new skill because I said yes to an opportunity and that opportunity was creating a YouTube channel which not everyone like who just thinks I'm going to create a YouTube channel today but apparently I did and yeah it's just given me so many opportunities like having this conversation and the work that I'm doing with the uni that wouldn't have come about if I didn't have this STEM at home channel. So it sort of all follows on from each other. So I guess my advice is do what you want to do. Don't say no to an opportunity and just try because more often than not, you're going to succeed. And if you don't succeed, you're going to learn something through the process. And that's really important in itself. 
Yeah, for sure. That's great stuff, Louisa. Um, if anyone wants to, you know, get in touch with you or you know follow your videos and things like that, where can they where can they get it? Well, I'm sort of very much into social media because I am a millennial. Uh, and that's what we do. So uh, STEM at Home has its own Instagram page, which is stem.at.home. Uh, there's also obviously the YouTube channel, which is just STEM at Home. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. And yeah, I guess you can chat to me in any form on any social media platform that you find me on. More than happy to take any questions um, about engineering or STEM or anything applying for awards. Happy to help. Yeah, well, I'll just quickly finish off with um, that STEM at Home episode one, the lava lamp. Um, I did it with my daughter. And if I can do it, anyone can do it because I'm like so not handy or you know, no STEM experience whatsoever. It was really easy. And it's all just, um, I think one thing that my nephew and like his parents didn't realise at first is just stuff you have around the house really. Or you can yeah. do the shops, the next shop you do. Um and yeah, it was so cool. We had we had the little water bottle full of the um, we had red uh, food coloring, so it was a red lava lamp. And um, you know, for ages, and you know, every time now then she grabs it. Oh, look, the lava lamp! So and it was really fun for me too. So I just recommend people to jump on that stem at home, have a go at it, whether you've got kids or not. It's actually you know, if you've got if you're a bit bored, just have a go at it. It's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, thank you, Louisa, for coming on today. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing how the Young Achiever Awards wrap up towards the end of this year. And want to wish no, you thank all you the so best. Much. No well, thank you so much for having me, Josh. This was great. Thanks, Louisa. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Louisa. Her STEM at home videos certainly inspired me, and I've tried a bunch of them with my three-year-old. They were fun. What do you think? I'd love to hear what you found inspiring about Louisa and her work. If you have any questions about Louisa, the University of Adelaide Virtual Open Day, a suggestion for someone that we should have as a guest, or maybe your business wants to get involved with our awards. You can get in touch with us by emailing info at awardsaustralia.com or find us on Instagram by searching inspirational.australians. And you can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. If you want to connect with Louisa, links to the social media accounts she mentioned will be in the show notes. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. Join us each Monday as we talk to another inspirational Australian. Before we go, here's a little trivia on our company, Awards Australia. This is a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. My mum, Annette, is a producer that makes this podcast actually happen. And my dad, Jeff, is the other co-host. So we thank our corporate and not-for-profit partners for making these award programs possible. Please share this podcast with your network. We all need a dose of inspiration every now and then. And please rate and review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Until next week, stay safe and remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.